No, no, no. She's not a medical doctor, but she can sure cure your tax problems or your financial woes. She's the how-to girl. It's the Dr. Friday Show. If you have a question for Dr. Friday, call her now, 737-WWTN. That's 737-9986. So here's your host, financial counselor and tax consultant, Dr. Friday. G'day, I'm Dr. Friday, and the doctor is in the house, and we are talking about my favorite subject, which is taxes, and that day is coming quickly. Had we ever thought that we'd be saying July 15th as our filing date? I can guarantee you, no, that was never something that I wanted to uh, extend as far as I was concerned. Um, I think anytime we do, we just extend the whole thing, but it has happened. We are working on it. And so if you need, you might want to go ahead and make sure your tax appointment, if you're using all services or anyone else's, I'm assuming that they've opened their calendars up again. Um, and so just make sure that you have an appointment to get your taxes completed. Make sure they are done or an extension is filed. Again, extensions do not extend the amount of money that you owe, but they do extend the time that you can file the taxes, which sometimes is necessary, especially if we're working with multiple entities um, and having to wait for other tax returns to be completed before we can complete your individual tax return. Um, so they have actually, the Internal Revenue Service has come out with, um, for any of you and a lot of people, I know that we have um, about 200 individuals that receive PPP money uh, through our firm and uh, or our assistance, I should say. We don't offer PPP money. But um, one of the questions that we've been going back with is, is PPP money uh, the forgiveness? So the IRS has basically answered the question in a public guidance saying to uh, prevent double taxation, the expenses are not deductible. So if you get forgiveness for the PPP loan, whatever money that was forgiven, which most likely is going to be payroll, rent, and utilities, that you would then have to claim that um, you will not be able to claim those expenses. So it's going to be a little interesting with individuals that are sole proprietors. As you know, Schedule C individuals are able to get a percentage that is now based on line 31 of your 2019 Schedule C. Um, so th the problem is, let's say you get two and a half percent of that and you pay yourself. Now you're going to have to pick that up as income because you did not pay somebody else that money. You paid it directly to yourself. I will tell you that there are many firms that have pledged uh, to reverse this with Congress, and we are waiting to see if that is going to be reversed. But otherwise, Schedule C individuals that did not pay other individuals through forms of payroll or uh, rent. Now, if you paid rent or utilities, you won't be able to claim those. But your actual payroll, which is always based on uh, total profits, uh, will will have to somehow be reversed, and that's going to be the interesting part of that conversation. Now, I have many people um, that is facing a dilemma, and you may or may not be, but they were unemployed, so they went to collect unemployment, and then they also, as Schedule C individuals, went to collect PPP money. So the question's going to come back as, if you're paying yourself a full wage, are you actually allowed to collect unemployment? So that's something we're working on as well. Um, my answer immediately, based on what the state is saying, if you received PPP money to pay yourself the salary that you had in 2019, you cannot collect unemployment because in essence, for eight weeks, you have um, collected and do uh, that money. So you are um, able to get unemployment, but you cannot use the PPP money again 
uh, to cover your wages because that's what unemployment is doing. Now, if the unemployment didn't cover 100% of the wages lost, you may have something there. But just, just as a point, you may not end up with forgiveness if you had that situation. So it's kind of very important to make sure. And again, we are still waiting. Many of us have now uh, many of my clients have hit that eight week window and we are trying to start the forgiveness process. And they did extend that for individuals. Maybe you work in a restaurant and you weren't able to hire all the employees that you wanted to because the government had kept many of those uh, relationships closed or situations closed. They did extend it out 25 weeks or December 31st, whichever comes first. So that is something else. Um, and just keep in mind, PPP money, even if, um, People that receive PPP money, um, if you are not paying or um, you are still entitled to not have to pay the 6.2 of your Social Security tax, that can still keep going even if you receive the forgiveness. So for many of us that have payroll taxes, as you know, 6.2% of the Social Security is something we pay as an employer to the individuals, uh, to the IRS as part of your Social Security benefits. Employers um, with forgiveness on PPP are, uh, loans aren't prelude to the employment tax deferral. Employers can defer payments of 6.2 share of the Social Security otherwise required to be made uh, from March 27th through the end of the year. They are going to defer that, paying half of it in 20, uh, by December 31st of 2021 and another half or the final half in December 31st, 2022, trying to give you, a, again, some cash flow or some situations. So if you're working on your taxes, thinking about your 2020, because come on, guys, we're six months into 2020, and you might be working on maybe you've sold some real estate, maybe you have an inheritance, and you're not sure how that's going to affect your taxes. Better to think about that now than it is to think about later. So if you've got questions or you need to have a uh, question asked, all you have to do is pick up the phone, 615-737-9986, We'll be taking your calls, finding out if we can help you or lead you in the right direction to make sure that your questions are being asked and answered because it's kind of important. Um, yeah, Taylor, can you, oh, there you go, because I couldn't see the X. All right. Um, so we're good to go. Why don't we go ahead and hit Ronnie for some reason? I, ah, I see you're awesome. Now I can see everything. Thank you, sir. Um, uh, if Ronnie's available, let's go ahead and hit Ronnie. Thanks. Hello, Ronnie. Hey, my question is, I just turned 66 this year and, uh, I started taking my social security, but I'm still working. I make about 68,000 a year. And my question is, uh, what percentage will they tax me on my Social Security? So uh, the good news is I'm assuming 66 is your full retirement age. Is that correct? Yes. yes. Okay. So we don't get penalized for having to earn and give back two to one. Um, did you, Ronnie, how much did you say you were earning besides your Social Security? I earn about 68000 Okay. So you're looking at 85% of your social security being taxed. At, at like 85%. And are you at, single or married? I'm married. Okay. Is your wife work? Yeah. Well, no, she, she only draws social security. So she has social security and you have social security. So if you take 85% of her and your social security, add it to your 66, if it is less than $100,000, the whole package, your percentage is 12%. If it goes over, anything over would be 22%. Does that help okay, a little bit? Okay, so, 
So worst case scenario would be twenty five percent or something at the most, yeah, right? Yeah, and I and I and I'm not even taking the twenty four. So I would say, um, if you don't mind, ballpark how much you're getting in Social Security? Uh, two thousand ninety eight a month. Okay, so let's just say twenty one for simple math. And your wife? I'm not sure exactly what she made. Around eight, I think. She took hers early. She took hers when she was sixty two. Okay, so let's say eight. So, so that's about twenty-one thousand on you, and let's just say twelve on her, and then you're sixty-six. So you are still under. So I would say you're safe to assume, and you might want to even have them withhold. This is your choice, but I would say twelve percent. Okay. So you well, I sure do appreciate it. No problem. Thanks for calling. I appreciate your call. All right. Thank you. Thanks. All right, if you want to join the show, you can do that at 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking and talking about your tax situations or what you have going on. Remember that you can still contribute to your IRA uh, for 2019, that is 6,000 if you're under the age of 50, 7,000 if you're over the age of 50, and uh, if your if your wife doesn't work but you do, or vice versa, if you're you know if one of you are working, you can contribute and make more than let's say 14,000, then both of you or you can contribute on behalf of your spouse that same either six or seven thousand dollars, and that is uh, now due 715. So keep in mind that you would need to do that by 715. Um, if you have any other um, simple SEP, all of those, uh, I know for a fact that a SEP is something that can be extended out uh, t to the date of your extension. But um, and many people file an extension solely for the purpose of that, right? They solely file the extension just to the fact that you actually have the ability to deal with situations. But it's really important to know that if you um, want to make or sometimes you want to lower your taxes. Now, I'll, I am not your financial planner. Usually you're going to go to a tax person and we're going to say do a standard IRA Put the $6,000 or $7,000 in and we can have instant gratification. But I will tell you more than once when someone comes in my office and they're in the 12% tax bracket, it isn't necessarily the best place to invest your money in my personal opinion. So um, it would be best if you want to go ahead and do what you need to do. And, and, you know, I'm just saying, but as far as I'm concerned, you might want to do a Roth situation. So that way you'd be able to do what you have and save money and then let it grow tax-free and see what you have to go with that, that situation um, versus going to an IRA, deferring it, and then coming back at it. All right, let's hit Mike real quick, and then we can get, maybe get Bob as well. We'll see how it goes. Hey, Mike. Hi, how you doing? I'm doing awesome. Good, good. I was calling to find out. I, I, I live and work in Nashville in the entertainment industry, and big shows have shut down because of the COVID virus. And so I don't think uh, – my work is going to come back anytime soon. Right. My uh, unemployment stimulus is going to be ending, um, I guess, July 25th. thirty-one, I think. July okay. 31st, and, the extra 600 at least will be. Right, right. And so I'm either looking at having to get another job or, you know, something else uh, because the it's 275 for the uh, just the unemployment and no way I can make it on that, but that. I was wondering, 
I was wondering, I, I, my work is different. Uh, I, I get some work through the union. I was a city manager for an AV company, audiovisual, uh, that were both uh, W-2, but then I also, uh, I'm a cameraman, and, and most, a lot of my camera work is 1099. And, uh, and so I was wondering, do I qualify for a PPP loan for myself to replace – to cover my income until the uh, industry comes back. Well, you would call, I mean, you have a schedule C Mike, so you could theoretically collect unemployment on your W two income and you could do, you'd have to file your 2019 schedule C cause they're using the 2019 basing it for 2020. Um, but you would have, uh, you would qualify for both. I mean, there's no reason you couldn't, I don't know how much you made as income or profit. It's, not just what your gross was. This is going to be based on what you paid tax on. Uh, but on line 31, um, they take two and a half percent and you could possibly qualify for the PPP as well. You're a little different than some, um, unemployed, uh, so some self-employed people because they are giving unemployment to individuals that have 1099s, not W2s or with both, but most self-employed individuals don't have W2s. You know, so you right, ha you have a right. nice mix, so you would actually be able to collect your unemployment on your W-2s and PPP on your Schedule C. Okay. Well, thank you very much. No problem. Thanks. All right. Let's hit Bob real quick, and then that way we can hit the break after, and he doesn't have to hold through. Hey, Bob. Hi, Doc. Thanks for taking the call. No problem. Uh, I am presently fully employed, and last year I had a Schedule C for some self-employment income. I was doing some speaking engagements that were shut down this year because of the coronavirus. Mm -hmm. I had a Schedule C that was attached to my regular W-2 um, 1040, but that income dried up. Uh, the answer is probably no, but is that in some way eligible for a PPP loan, for the self-employment income that disappeared? Absolutely. Um, you know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of, I mean, myself included, uh, things that we had scheduled for this year that we would normally be doing um, to, you know, obviously to generate income as well as uh, promotion and everything else. But uh, you were self-employed. And as long as there is a profit involved, it, it wouldn't be what you gross, but what you net. Um, and if you do it, you know, for enough of your profit, then you would be able to keep in mind, they're going to divide that line 31 by 12 and multiply by 2.5. So if you made a thousand dollars, it's not going to be worth the conversation, but if you made $10,000, it may be. Well, I still have, of course, my full-time day job and this was all extra. So my income yeah. is going to be, well, they're going to base this on what your profit was. So again, if your profit on doing speaking, public speaking is 10,000, 20,000 or 30, and you've now lost it due to the coronavirus or the situation where we can't open the businesses because of it, then you're entitled, or I don't know if I don't like the word entitled, but you would have the ability to apply for the PPP and then possibly be able to get that forgiven. Great. I have not been able to find an answer to that. I should have called in sooner. <laughs> no worries. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. All right. Why don't we take a quick break here and we come back. We can get to more of your phone calls. 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. We'll be right back with the Dr. Friday Show. to join the show it is easy to do all you have to do is pick up the phone 
737-9986-615-737-9986. You think over 10 years of doing that, I probably know that number and I almost went brain dead there. All right. So if you want to join us, all you have to do is pick up the phone. Um, we are talking about taxes. We're talking about PPP loans. Talking a little bit about unemployment as far as the ability to realize that unemployment is taxable income. So when you're working on your 2020, probably need to make sure that that's the case. Um, let's go ahead and hit Leslie. Let's keep her in there. Hey, Les, what you got going? Well, um, my daughter, she still hasn't gotten her stimulus check. All the rest of us have. And uh, when she goes onto the website for the IRS, uh, it says that there's not enough information. But she's already got her tax return. So I was wondering. Did she if file as any... a dependent in 2018 or was she always filed herself or was she disabled? She I mean, okay. But she, um, so in 2018, she filed by herself as well. Yeah. And okay. we talked to the accountant that did her taxes and he told her that um, basically just to keep waiting. I didn't, I didn't know if that was. Now, there's a 1-800 number she can call that will talk to you just about the uh, stimulus check. Has she tried calling that? She has. He gave her a number to call, and uh, okay. it rings and rings and rings. Uh, so she didn't have any luck with okay. that either. And she, okay. I won't disagree uh, with her as far as the ringing, ringing, ringing. I know um, I'm, I'm one of those people that try to give people the positive side of things, but I do know it's about as frustrating as it can get. We have several cases where people have been getting notices of, you know, liens or levies, and we can't reach anyone to have that conversation. So I'm sure your daughter, I will tell you this, the IRS has through uh, September, if you go to their website, it says they will be sending out uh, stimulus checks all the way up through September. So okay. it is possible okay. that her number just hasn't come up as far as being able to get the check. Checks in the mail, in it? Right. And just for some reason, yeah, Leslie, if she doesn't get it, I mean, I will tell you when she files her 2020, which I know this is way out in the future and she could use this today. So don't, I'm not right. using, but, but it will come to her on that tax return because everyone's going to have to report how much money they received and then how much were they, they supposed to get in a sense. And then they will, so she will get the $1,200 okay. credit and then refund it. But again, it doesn't help when I'm talking six, to eight months or whatever away before right. she can do that. Right. Sorry. I appreciate you answer. Thank you so much. No problem. Thank you for calling. Bye. Appreciate it. Thank you. Bye-bye. All right. We are talking about my favorite subject. So we talked about the IRA. Um, you're going to be able to start filing amended tax returns late this summer, which I can't tell you guys how important this is. We have always had to mail in amended tax returns, which usually takes them another 60, 90. Right now, if you mailed in a tax return, there was a statement by the IRS that they haven't even opened up the mail room as far as being able to address all of the mailed in tax returns. So if you mailed in a tax return back, I think last week when we were talking, several people called and said they mailed it in in early March. I, according to the IRS, there was a statement made that they, um, they haven't actually addressed, they haven't even opened up those returns. So your tax return, if it can't be electronically filed, can take a long time to trust it. So they're saying that they're going to start hopefully accepting e-file, which is the 1040X amended returns in late summer. So I am so freaking excited about that. I know that that sounds weird, but people, if I can make it easier for my clients or it's just easier for us to be able to get something done for them, it is so much simpler in life, right? And if I can easily 
e-file and then get confirmation that the tax return, the amended return has been accepted. And we've been able to do this with corporate returns and partnership returns for a number of years, just not 1040. So it's, it is really great to be able to do that. A little good news here as well. I know I'm uh, probably a little bit of a geek when it comes to some of these things, but interest rates and tax um, have decreased uh, for the third time um, in 2020. On overdue taxes, the internal revenue will charge 3%, a higher 5% rate will apply to corporations who owe more than 100000 On refunds, the agency will pay 3% to individuals, 2% to corporations. So if for some reason you overpay, there's been a mistake, you file them into return, you know, the IRS does pay you interest. I mean, many people probably know that because they also get a little thing at the end of the year saying you have to pay tax on this interest income. Um, but it is important to be able to do that. Hopefully none of you are dealing with tax court because if so, you're going to start doing that or they're going to continue doing that through a remote access which may be totally interesting. Uh, tax on health insurance premiums has been extended. Health insurance companies and employers that uh, sponsor a self-insured uh, must pay a, a yearly fee based on the number of heads and the things. They've extended that out. Uh, originally, it was stated to end um, after 2019, but Congress extended through 2029. So again, if you're a small employer, well, I should say 50 or more employees, and you are offering or have health insurance through your company, um, it has. We we all expected that to end along with other individuals, and it did not. They extended it to 2029. So very important to be able to do that. All right, let's hit Bob. Hey, Bob, what's happening? Hey there. Thanks for taking the call again. I checked sure. my Social Security wage history, and I did not have the wages recorded that were on my W-2 from my company last year. What's the best way to get them added to it? It will happen. Um, they have to file them by January 31st and or they ha there's extensions, so they have until March. And then the Social Security Administration has to then get them posted. So normally 2020 or 2019 won't show up until usually August or September in Social Security. Great. I will I check it around. I worry about them until that time. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, bud. It's actually great that Bob looks at that kind of thing because I'm going to tell you, I can't tell you how many individuals um, actually – you know, the, the, they'll be going along and the next thing you know, oh, I didn't have anything reported back in 2008 or 2005. And you're sitting there going, it's almost impossible to go back and find the information to figure out why. And then you have to go back to the employer and try to get it posted or go to Social Security with proof of W-2s filed. It's a lot of work. So staying and watching or just checking every year to make sure that your Social Security has posted um, and the amount that your tax return is showing, especially for self-employed individuals. Because, I mean, to be quite honest, many self-employed people try to show as little amount of income as possible, try to reduce it down to the best thing. But sometimes, obviously, for the purpose of Social Security as well as other um, benefits through like loans or anything else, it's not always the best thing to do. So just saying you might want to consider the fact that uh, sometimes zero profit or minimal profits aren't going to help you. All right, let's hit David before the break. Hey, David. Dr. Friday, I'd like to take a distribution from my traditional IRA this year. And I uh -huh. want to know if I can if I can do that without penalty because of the you know the CARES Act or whatever, but even though I do not have a any kind of a hardship due to you know COVID nineteen. 
So that's going to be the tricky part. There is, and what's anyone else listening? David's talking about is the due to COVID, they said that you can take up to $100,000 out of your IRA without penalty and spread the taxes on that over three years. Um, David, if you want to email me, I will send you, um, I don't have it in front of me right now. There are certain things we have to meet to be able to qualify. I'm, I'm making a wild guess that you're under 59 and a half. Yes, I am under, but just okay. barely. I am under yeah. 59 and a half though. Which is where the penalty cuts off. Um, but it sounds like you're still employed or whatever. You did not have a direct uh, hit from COVID, lack of a better term. Um, no. So, you know, in answer to your question, if you want to email Friday at drfriday.com, Friday at drfriday.com, I will send you over. I wouldn't do anything unless you think you can meet one of these criteria, though. Okay. All right. That's okay. all I need to know. Thank you. No worries. Thanks, mate. All right. Let's hit JR real quick and then we'll take our break. Hey, JR. Hey, Dr. Friday. I actually uh, do enjoy your show talking about taxes. Um, <laughs> I have a quick question that I'm thinking I'm 59 now and thinking about retiring at about 61. And I don't know too much about the Social Security and how many, how much benefits I will receive from that. But I do know that Social Security um, pays based on 35 of the last 40 years or something. Can you can you explain that briefly and tell me how that will impact what my benefits would be? Absolutely. So the IRS, or the IRS, Social Security looks back 30 years. They take the highest 10 years, or I should say 40 quarters. So maybe, maybe you took a break in there. So they take the highest 40 quarters in the last 30 years, and that's what they use to generate how much money that they're thinking that they're going to pay you for your Social Security. As far as taking it early, the only downside to that is, I'm not a financial planner, but from my side, is it limits how much money you might have earned and this has to be earnings uh so you can only earn like eighteen thousand dollars a year otherwise you have to start paying back some of the money for early social security so that would be my only question if you have absolutely no intention of working maybe just you know enjoying life a little bit then um, or you have pensions or something then that's fine but other than that i would say taking early social security can cost you because you could end up paying back some of the money which is a pain in the neck yeah I'm I'm not worried about taking early Social Security. I'm just oh, okay. concerned about what I would be able to take when I'm eligible. Well, if you go to socialsecurity.com uh, or .gov, excuse me, ssa.gov, they'll give you a printout and it'll tell you exactly what you can expect for your ins if you take it like today or if you were to take it at 66, your full retirement, or if you were to take it. Um, at 70, which is the, the maximum age. It will give you all that breakdown in case you haven't already done that. Okay, yeah, I've already done that, but um, does that anticipate that I continue working through 66? It does. It's, it specifically says that you're working up to your full retirement age. Okay. So it is anticipating, unless you're going to make more money, it's only anticipating that you're keeping the same amount of money if you drop, it could go down a little bit. If you go up, it could go up a little bit. So it's anticipating yeah. that you're going to keep the same income. Yeah, I'm expecting that it would drop, but I won't take it until 66. Right. 
So that's the, the downside is it's looking as if your income from today at 58 or whatever you said you were until 66 is going to stay the same, which none of us know. Right. I mean, really, I mean, the fact is you don't really know. But as you as we get older, sometimes we don't earn as much money. So all I'm saying is it's it's looking at it. If you were to retire at 66 right now, earning the same income that you're earning today until the age of 66, this is what you can expect. OK, that's what Very I'm good. saying. So Thanks. I don't know if I've confused it. No, it's good help. Thanks, Dr. Friday. Thank you. All right. We're going to take another break here. We get back. You can still reach us, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986. We'll be right back. If you want to join us, 615-737-9986, 615-737-9986, taking your calls, loving this. And I'm, I mean, it's an awesome Saturday out there. It's a little hot. Been doing a little yard work. It's a little bit hot, but it's still nice. Um, enjoying it. So let's go to Sarah. Hey, Sarah, thanks for holding. What can I do for you? Hey, uh, can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. Okay. My husband recently hit full retirement age, drawing 2400 on Social Security, but he's still working full-time. I don't work. I draw a disability of $1,100. His annual gross is approximately 68 and we've um, And I caught something of you saying something about the stock market versus Roth. Well, he does have a – just started a Roth. He's in a 401K, um, but we also just started – doing stuff with the stock market what are we looking at as far as tax he also draws two pensions that one we have tax taken out the other one we don't well the biggest thing is based on what you're telling me at this moment um i'm assuming do you guys file married filing jointly or do you file married filing separately jointly okay Mm So he's making another twenty-eight thousand, almost twenty-nine thousand dollars on Social Security a year, on top of your eleven hundred uh, times twelve, and then he's making sixty-eight. So, is he having any withholdings come out of your social, out of your disability and his Social Security? No. Mm-mm. No, and he okay. he literally just started drawing the Social Security, and I wasn't sure what we should do as far as that. And then if you do decide to take tax out of your disability or social security then once he's fully retired can you reverse that for no tax taken out absolutely you can do that anytime i mean you can you can contact them um at least once a year if not i mean i have people every year we 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 make adjustments sometimes because of different situations that happen. Um, but uh, he has a couple choices while he has his quote real job, his W2 job, but he's got th- between your disability and his social security on a full year. I realize he hasn't got that yet, but he's now going to be going into a full year soon. That's another right. taxable income of thirty-five, thirty-six thousand um, okay, dollars. You know, on top of his, Sixty-eight besides his pensions that he's got, which may or may not be very large. The pensions combined are like seven hundred dollars a month. Okay, so um, the first hundred and like five thousand dollars are are at twelve percent, but I think you're going to be exceeding that. So my biggest concern would be, 
you know, having enough withholdings because, you know, even 12% on uh, 100 is four or 5,000. You're looking at $4,400 in tax on the Social Security alone um, at 12%. And some of that may get kicked into uh, 22%. So if you guys do your own taxes or if you're looking to have someone help you just crunch these numbers, you might want to give me a call. I mean, what you don't want is that big surprise at the end of the year and says you owe $6,000 because you made capital gains. He's got his pension. He's got, you know, all these things are coming out. 20, right. uh, 2020 may not be a huge year for you because that's when he just started taking his social security. So you only have a partial year with it, but by 2021, he's going to have a full year. You have obviously your disability. And if the stock market keeps going the way it is, you might have capital gains. Right. Um, okay. Well, so then really, if nothing if else, do, uh, I would just set up a savings account or a tax account and just set aside, you know, 12% of everything you're making and just put it in that account as a rainy day tax fund. Okay. So what, so is, you the, don't get what is the um, chance of a tax penalty for not having enough taken out at the end of the year? Because we did end up owing this past year and he wasn't well, even yes. gone. Gotcha. Well, you're you're looking at uh, 0.5% for every month that you didn't make a quarterly. So it could add up to, you know, probably, you know, $100 on every thousand. Okay. So take 12% of what we earn monthly and just kind of sock it away for hopefully it'll cover any tax we owe. Right. And then, I mean, after, I mean, if you owe money last year and you know what the difference is, I would go ahead and send it in for this year because then you have 100% paid in, if that makes sense, what I'm saying. Because otherwise, you know, you know, Otherwise, you already know that with the combination of your disability and everything else, he's not heavy enough. He probably could change his withholdings on his W-2 and go single and zero, which would be the maximum at least, or even have a little extra. So that way it's going in every week or every biweekly or whatever he gets paid. He'll have a smaller mm-hmm. paycheck. But either way, the money's going to come out at the end of the year mm-hmm. when you have to write a big check or every few weeks when he gets paid. Right. Okay. Yeah, because we've got like, 15% going to a 401k and 10% to the Roth. So we're, we're maxed at what we can have taken out as far as that goes. And then he, he was, um, he's doing married filing zero. So maybe change that single zero. And right. Go single, zinc, single zero, which we give him a, a quite a bit more coming out and keep in mind the Roth that he's contributing to isn't doing anything for taxes. I mean, there's nothing wrong. It's a great investment. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying mm-hmm. it's not reducing the income going to the IRS. Right. Only the 401k yeah. is. That's why I prefer 401k, but he read something and Roth is... Well, his income's better, low so. enough where it probably isn't a bad idea all in all, and it does grow tax-free, so it may be good to have that diversification, just saying he has to be prepared to pay taxes now, right, versus right. later. Right, Okay. All right. Okay. Well, awesome. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thank you it. so much. Appreciate mm-hmm. the Bye-bye. phone call. All right. And those were great questions. You know, I mean, uh, Sarah's asking, you've got to pre-think. Things are constantly changing in our tax world. People are getting married. People are getting divorced. People are getting older. People are taking retirement. There's pensions. There's Social Security. And right now, we're job losses and things like that. There's quite a few people that are on early social security, but what's going to happen if you decide to go back to work and it's going to happen people. You're, you know, if you're in your early sixties and you decide, okay, I need to pay the rent or the mortgage. And at least if I take early social security, I have something coming in the house to help support, you know, the household. I get it. But, you know, you may decide you're going to stop social security and go back to work. And there's going to be a transition there when you get ready to do that. It's just the, 
a lot to think about. And it's really good if you can think about it in more of a clear than waiting to that last minute or until you get the notice from the IRS saying you owe money. And then you're sitting there going, OMG, now what should I have done? I should have saved some of that money. I didn't realize. I'm, I'm worried about quite a few people that it's going to be on um, unemployment because I know talking to several of my clients when they decide to sign up because they were desperate in many cases, they did not ask for any withholding tax to come out. But now several of them are actually back to work. Now, some of them are not on 100%, so they're still collecting partial unemployment and they are still working. But, you know, my point being, if you go back to work and you only had a couple months off and you didn't have any taxes come out of that money, at the end of the year, we're going to be looking at the potential of a big tax bill on top of a bad earning year. So, you know, last person you want as a loan officer is the Internal Revenue Service. All right, we're going to take the last uh, part of the show. So if you've been holding your breath and you're like, oh my gosh, I need to talk to Dr. Friday, but I really hate talking on the radio. Disguise your voice. We do not take names or numbers. Ask a cool question. Be fun to do. 615-737-9986. 615-737-9986. And we'll be right back with the Dr. Friday show. Studio. I'm Dr. Friday. I'm an enrolled agent licensed with the Internal Revenue Service to do taxes and uh, negotiations, which is like offering compromises, payment plans, basically try to help be a shield between you and the IRS so that you can actually get something resolved. It is harder right this second to do that because the IRS is pretty much closed, which you know, as far as I'm concerned, they say they're opening up all these different things, but try to call them at some point and you'll find out that the the practitioner hotline is not even open as far as I know. But even the everyday hotline is very, very hard to get through and you have to be willing to pretty much stay on hold forever, it seems like. So I'm hoping that they're going to get a better situation going, um, you know, and, and make things a little better than what they had. All right, let's go. As soon as she's ready, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to jump ahead there, buddy. Uh, Debbie, let's go to Debbie. Salt with my yes. eyes. Uh, Hi, I, sweetie. Can you hear me okay? Yes, ma'am. Okay, I've, I've started drawing disability, and you have to excuse me. I've had strokes, and my speech kind of breaks up. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, my disability, they sent me a bill for the IRS did for... Uh, taxing money on my back pay mm-hmm. after the fact I bought a house with it. And okay. I haven't paid them. That was in nine, uh, 2007. And I haven't paid them that at all. It wasn't like 500 and something dollars. But I mean, I put everything I had into the house. Well, I mean, at this point, did you file your tax returns on time? I wasn't filing taxes. I, I hadn't been working. I was. It okay. took me two years to get my disability, and so, I didn't work in that time. I had gotten a divorce, and I lived off sorry. the money that I got from my house. Okay. So what's funny is, or not ha-ha funny, but um, disability in itself, no matter how much they paid you or what you had, um, is not taxable unless you had other income. So... Um, I would say, and have you received any love letters, anything from the IRS? They, they send me something that, 
you know, they told me to go online and get this form, and I can't remember what it was, and fill it out and explain why I wasn't able to pay. And at that it's, time, I didn't, you know, that I wasn't drawing like $800 a month. Sure. And it took that to pay my house payment, light bill, and oh, go to the doctor three times a week. But um, they send me a letter once a year showing me what I owe. Yeah. But now that well, 500 has got up to 800 Okay, so the good news is, Debbie, I, I imagine they have you on these letters. It's really just a notification. By law, they have to notify you once a year at least, telling you that you still have an outstanding balance. Um, so they have access to your money. They could put a lien against your disability if they if they were aggressively trying to collect the money. Um, you are below poverty level, and so they probably have you in a non-collectible. At some point, that will fall off, but since you didn't file a tax return because you weren't required at the time, and I'm still questioning what they're even collecting on, but let's, you know, um, it will eventually, the IRS only has 10 years. They may have assessed you back in like 2009 or 10 is when they probably did this. So sometime in the next couple of years, I would say that your CSED date or your collection date is going to fall off. Unless you get a letter that says something about intent to levy, lean, any of those kind of nasty words, um, I would just, you know, let it ride. No, tell me what I owe. And it was it was seventeen seventeen eighteen thousand dollars back pay, and I think it was for Social Security. But I don't still get to draw a Social Security check if I'm drawing disability, right? No, you can't. I mean, disability. You can only draw. You draw disability until you hit your full uh, Social Security age, and then obviously at that point you will switch from disability onto social security, but you can't draw both unless, unless you have a deceased husband or something. And maybe there's a possibility. I'm not an expert on that. Um, my dog wants to join the conversation apparently, um, and, and have that happening, but no, as far as I know, you know, if it's in your name, you can only collect one of the two, Deb. Okay. Well, I thought that was right, but I, I didn't know. I took care of a veteran and he drawed his VA check plus Social Security, and so I didn't know. Yeah, VA is different. Now, VA is a different system, so you can have VA and you could have disability, or you could have VA if you were um, in Social Security. Those are separate situations, so you could have both. But assuming that you're not a veteran, you would just basically be collecting disability until you hit full Social Security age. And I would just say, if I mean, if you need, you could always send us a copy of the letter. We'd be more than glad to look at it, see if there was anything you need to do. Otherwise, I'm going to assume, since they're not doing anything as far as trying to do any kind of serious collections, that you're okay, Debbie. Just let it ride, and they, it will eventually, um, the IRS will eventually forgive that debt. And it's like disappearing the wind. I know. Yeah, but don't don't be too scared about it. Seriously, if they wanted to make a collection on it, they would have sent you something. They have access to your disability. So, and I have people that have their disabilities levied all the time. So, just, you know, just let it ride and then if a letter comes in that says they have intent to levy, then you want to pick up the phone and call them and explain that disability is all you have. You're living off $800. You're in poverty level. They would then put a hold on your account for collections. It's pretty simple, Deb. Okay? Okay. Okay, right. thanks a lot. Thank you. Uh-huh. Bye-bye.
And, you know, I understand when your only income is coming from some source like that, it is always scary. So just want to make sure we have everything squared away there for her. And if there's something that comes up, you just let me know and I'll be more than glad to take a look at it. All right, guys, we're coming to the end of the show. So if you want to reach me, it's very easy. You can go to my website, drfriday.com. That is D-R-F-R-I-D-A-Y.com. If you want to set up a tax appointment, click on schedule. If you want to know more about who I am or what an enrolled agent is, click on the links and they'll tell you a little bit more about what we've been doing. I've been operating here for more than 22 years. So we have the experience as well as just the longevity of being good at what we do. And it's really pretty a small little niche. I do taxes, representation, and we do have a bookkeeping firm. My brother runs uh, associated with Dr. Friday Tax and Financial Firm. So if you're a small business and need help with your bookkeeping, payroll, those kind of things, we can also link you up and help you do those. If you want to reach me by phone, 615-367-0819. Again, 615 615- Three six seven zero eight one nine. And most importantly, if you have questions or you need help or you're just not too sure where to get started, I am always willing to at least give you a shout as far as, hey, this is the, the attorney I would call or this is who I would contact in Social Security. Um, don't have all the answers, but there's usually some place we can start and move. So if you want to email me, it's very simple. It's my first name. I know what a crazy first name, but Friday is my first name. Friday at drfriday.com is my email friday at drfriday.com remember tax season is going to be here before you know it july uh, july 15th is our deadline for filing taxes or extensions and remember extensions do not extend the amount of money you owe so you want to make sure that you're only dealing with what you owe not so much the paperwork but if you don't file the extension and you don't pay the bill well, now you've got penalties for failure to file and failure to pay. So let's at least get the extension filed, and then we can deal with making a payment plan if that's what it is. But don't just ignore it. File the extension. It gives us at least a little bit more room to negotiate than doing nothing and keeping your head in the sand and saying, and if you haven't filed back taxes, if you haven't filed 16, 17, or 18, remember the IRS just put a thing out. There's billions of dollars for 2016 unclaimed. So there's a lot of people out there that have not filed their 2016 tax return that are due a refund. If you do not file that by 715, that is July 15th, you will lose the refund from 2016. So if you need to file your 2016 tax return or you need help just getting caught up with the IRS, it's what I do every day, guys. So I can help you. You can go to the website, drfriday.com, click on the schedule and set up an appointment or give me a call at 615-367-0819 is my direct phone number. And again, you can also email. Tell us, tell me what you need, what you're trying to deal with. And if I'm not the expert for you, then I can at least send you in the right direction. That email is friday at drfriday.com. I hope you guys are enjoying this wonderful Saturday. Phew, almost got the wrong day. Uh, Saturday, um, it's it's a great day out there. Hope, happy Father's Day to all of you that are